Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am honored to have Anna Lubelska on the show. Anna is the initiator of the Peace Building Charity and Chair of Trustees. She is motivated by the horrendous wartime experiences of her Polish family. Touched very personally by the devastation of war, she has been active in peace work all her adult life. She was awarded awarded the Medal of Gratitude by the European Solidarity Center for her international work in the 1980s supporting the movement for freedom in Poland. Annie is the founder of the Global Peaceful Schools Movement, helping schools to create peace within and beyond the student community. Her book, How to Be a Peaceful School, was published in 2018, and she now presents awards to participating schools, celebrating projects that effectively promote peace. Her next step in the journey towards a peaceful world will be the the establishment of the Peace Building in London. It will be a global center of excellence in peace education. In the meantime, there is a virtual peace museum. And you can read more about her her background in the show notes. But without further ado, welcome, Anna. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. I'm so (laughs) glad we were able to do this. So let's start with your journey. How how did this all begin a little bit about when you were a child and and your interest then your interest in developing a peaceful school, if that had anything to do, well obviously it did from the bio, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's lots of things that influence us, aren't there? But I mean, one of the big um, influences, obviously, is our parents. And my parents were always, always very keen on children. <laughs> and, and both my parents had a parent who was a teacher. So that was kind of there. Um, and then I always really liked children. And I guess I'm one of those people that it's more dedicated to children than animals. In England, a lot of people are mad on dogs and animals, but I'm, mm. I just thought, no, I'm pro-children. And um, so my work really was, has all, for many years, you know, my career was in community development, then in youth work alongside that. And then, um, then I got more involved in sort of children's services. And one of the places I worked was a really good place. It was called the National Children's Bureau. And that was really in the 1990s. And that is still there. And it's a sort of think tank, what you call a think tank for children. Lots of clever people working there on different areas. So, you know, children who are looked after, we call it children who get taken into care and how, you know, researching what happens to them, how that can be improved, 
different areas, education, health, lots of different areas about, and I was um, responsible for children's play, which was very interesting, mm. developing policy, how to make streets safer. You know, now we've got these 20 mile an hour zones, which is quite slow. We, we campaigned for that. And a lot to do with play. And then I was doing drug education. <laughs> and then um, and then I just worked for lots of different local authorities on developing support for children. And within all of that, I was at the same time um, had a sort of spiritual journey. So one of my parents was Jewish, one was Catholic. In fact, when they married, they, they both became Catholic. My father became Catholic. And at one point, when I was a teenager, one of my father's friends took me along to the Buddhist Society in London, and which was a really great thing to do because it got me into meditation, just opened my mind, you know, beyond Roman Catholicism, although I was never super religious, but I think I was always interested in you know, who is God? Is there such a thing as God? And that sort of more spiritual things as well. Um, then where this, where this interesting with one of your podcasts where you interviewed Kate Adams, which was lovely about children's spirituality, is I kind of got into that idea and, and it was really to do with valuing children at the time I was working for youth offending and I thought everybody treats these children and families like problems. Nobody's really valuing them for who they are. You know, they're kind of interesting points, they're good points, they're value as human beings. And that was, there was one particular family that somehow spurred me on. So I was creating um, conferences about how to create spiritual spaces with mm. children, young people, and had a few conferences, national conferences, developing materials. And then I thought, this is all very well, but we get Catholic schools, we get Church of England schools, but are we re really reaching all schools? And that's when I thought, let's, let's think here, why am I interested in creating spiritual spaces? And really, it was to make the world more peaceful. And then I thought, let's go and think about how to create peaceful schools. And that's how I arrived. Right, right. Point. Interesting. So do you consider yourself a Buddhist now or you, you follow a lot of the Buddhist principles? No, what I did in the end, um, I did get involved in the Church of England, is in the end, I actually... Um, trained to be an interfaith minister. Yes. And that's something that started in New York and then was brought over to England. So it came to England about 25, 30 years ago. And actually, it's quite popular. You know, you get about, we've got about 600, 700 interfaith ministers here. And, um, and you're trained to really get to know a little bit about different religions and sort of experience some of their spiritual practices. And then you're also trained to be able to do ceremonies, um, starting where people are at, 
in their different things in their lives you know so you do but you can do a baby blessing you can do a wedding you can do a funeral I've done quite a few funerals and memorial services and so your approach as an interfaith minister is not to there's no doctrine the doctrine right right about love acceptance you know of people and so you can come alongside people where they are and they might not be at all religious and even not particularly spiritual, but you can tune into them and create a ceremony with them that is meaningful to them, which is a lovely thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I am right, <laughs> now. Right. So ceremony, that always brings up just beautiful visions for me or images for me. Within your within your peaceful school? Well, first of all, I am sure these are things that people can bring into their home also. In the United States, we can't really talk about God and those, you know, those sorts of things. <laughs> that sounds, but um, in the school. So I assume these are things that you could definitely bring into the home also. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And, and um yeah, because a home is like a little community, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. School, school is a community, and it doesn't um, it doesn't have to be about God at all. And um, yes, go, very just, true. Just briefly to say about the interfaith ministers, what we say if we talk about God, we say the God of your understanding. Oh, that's, I love yeah, that. That's a really good phrase. I love or that. we say, or anything, you know, your other belief systems or worldviews. So, um, yeah. So, so peaceful schools. So where, where? I mean, I, you know, I, I had a group. In fact, Quakers um, were very supportive of me along this journey. And they, you have Quakers, obviously, I know. In, in the States, and they are very much, um, they're very, peace is very important to them. It's one of their testimonies, as they call it, when you're one of their big themes. So they were supportive of peaceful schools. And so I've worked with, you know, I've not done this on my own, but what, what I created was a concept, the concept of the five levels of peace. Because if you're trying to be, peaceful or create a peaceful world or, or a peaceful community but what do you mean how do we do that so first of all what do we mean is from somebody called Johann Galtung g-a-l-t-u-n-g g-a-l-t-u-n-g Johan he's a Swedish sociologist and he's like the international expert on peace he developed mm. the concept of positive peace so that's not like oh we can have a peaceful school if everybody just obeys doesn't speak right. you know walks slowly in the corridors and listens to the teacher um and is punished if they step out of line that could be deemed to be a peaceful school but that's not what we mean we mean peace where people flourish and it's um positive peace so he's you know, developed all of that. So that's what we mean by peace. And then how does that work in a school? So we've got the four levels. I know you were interested in what are the four yes, levels? Yes, yes, yeah. that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So it's very, very simple. So it's 
peace within yourself, which some people call inner peace, don't they? And you may, you know, you may find that by just being kind to yourself or, which is hard, loving yourself. And you may do it through meditation, mindfulness, and schools here, they do all those things, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, all sorts of things like that. Counseling sometimes is necessary, mm -hmm. you know, because children have, there are issues in their lives, in their home lives. Um, so counseling is very important. And so it's you, me, in a piece, my level, then it's you and me, you know, relationships. So it's peaceful relationships with everyone in the school, with each other. Um, and at home would be the same, wouldn't it? Peaceful relationships within the home. Yes. So then the next level is a wider level, which is the community. So that could be the family or the school. And that would be, in a school, that would be things like not necessarily having bells at the end of every you know, lesson and having somewhere in, beautiful in the garden where pupils can go, you know, nature areas, labyrinths inside the school. The school's like a lovely environment, you know. And ethos, the ethos supports peace. <laughs> and then the, the, the sort of widest area is the role of the school within its community and then schools linking up with organizations and schools around the world. This reminds me so much of the Waldorf school. My yeah. kids went to the Waldorf school and it yeah, just you, is, um, it, it yeah. just sounds, sounds so much like what you're talking about. You're absolutely right. And it's not, you know, it's not, um, I haven't invented a new thing, you know, it's just, it's just a way of simple, Simplifying, you know, make, giving people a framework or a way of even evaluating mm -hmm. whether a school well, is. It's, it is sort of a new thing, yes. though, in the sense that it's an awakening, you know, bringing it into the, if you will, regular school and just reminding so people can awaken to the importance of this. And that's so important, you know, because we get so caught up in the in the day-to-day -day. but anyway I I interrupted you go ahead and, and... no 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 it's a conversation <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love to hear what you say too and I think you're, you're absolutely right it's yeah. it, it is an awareness and um you know you know that kind of thing where you never really know who you've touched or who you've awakened, made more mm. aware. So it's one of those things. So it's a kind of movement. I called it a peaceful schools movement. I mean, there is a peaceful schools thing in the states. But yes, it's, it's slightly, maybe slightly narrower, which is which is fine, you know, and completely complementary. Um, but you know, our, our peace building. Then I got into peace building and trying to make more resources about peace building, which is through the peace building website. Um, but Peaceful Schools is still very dear to my heart because, you know, people like um, Dalai Lama say, you know, if every child in every school did, you know, half an hour of meditation a week, we'd end um, war in the world. You know, it's kind of powerful, isn't it? 
obviously yes, yes if, absolutely if you children and, and we know we know how hard it is for kids these days don't we yeah. yes so I interviewed um Bruce Alderman oh gosh a long time ago he's a um PhD professor up in Northern California, but he had traveled a lot and worked with children. And I think it was Bali where he talked about, they had this whole kind of like a Maluka, I think they call it when you go to these, um, well, this, this particular retreat was like a ayahuasca retreat, but it doesn't have to be that, (laughs) but where everybody goes and gathers. And it was like where all the children would go and meditate. And he said it was their favorite part of the day. They would just go in and, and I don't know if they laid down or what they did. And they were just, they were just quiet. And he said they were the happiest kids, the happiest. He actually mentioned that a busload of children from another country, which I I probably shouldn't mention the name, but, um, you know, pulled in and they, you, you could just feel the stress and the, and the just wanting to do exactly the right thing and this and that, and that just the comparing the two types of children, I'm being a bit general here, but was just kind of mind blowing for him, the different energy from, from, you know, how they're, how they're raised and even in the school also. That's true. And and um, and I think one of the interviews that you did that I was listening to today in preparation for our conversation <laughs> was was a, um, a Rudolf Steiner Waldorf thing. Mm. And 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 they they believe which I think is is something I believe definitely that children um, not as blank slate or empty bucket that you pour knowledge into or some some wild creature that has to be trained and you know that right. that the concept of what is a child you know like I was saying what is peace but also you have to think about what is a child what is a child so if you think of a child as a as a sort of spiritual being embodied in a you know and come to earth it does you don't have to be completely sort of religious or wowsy about it you can you can just think this is a unique even if you think scientifically this is a completely unique human being unique in all time forever isn't it and then it's it's come you know, you can, th- I mean, you can choose how you think about children. That's what I'm saying. Yes, it's not like yes. this is the truth and that's completely wrong. But you can choose to value children, the individual child, and, you know, care for it and respect it and think what well, maybe it has come here to give me a lesson. What can I learn from this child? So, so that's a sort of starting point, I think, for me and for peaceful schools. But of course, you don't have to think so deeply about children. You can basically just have children's best interests at heart, which most teachers have, mm-hmm. you know. And then the other thing I should mention as well is that in England and maybe in the States as well, I mean, here, teachers are so stressed. And at the moment, they're on strike, you know, for more pay. I'm... Um, 
I mean, they've been, they're not valued, you know, and they have too much red tape heaped on them. And very often the ones who are newly qualified don't just don't stay the course because they find they're not able to relate with the children in the way they wanted to. So the whole concept of peaceful schools is important, but we've chosen not to make it into a government thing, but to sort of campaign more at the teacher's level. Right. So, so like my book is used in teacher training, you know, colleges and things so that it doesn't become yet another thing that they have to do. Right, right. Yeah. I also interviewed another woman, Lacey Borgo. You may want to listen to that interview. She um, has, she's a spiritual counselor for families and children who are homeless. And she just, she's amazing. But she talks about how human beings deeply long for connection and especially children and they just want to be heard they want to be seen and they want to be believed and those words just really struck me because within your peaceful school movement that brings all of that in because you're deeply you're deeply connecting those those relationships, you know, a deep connection for belonging, for a purpose. And if we can just keep that in mind with children, I believe it, I think it's just so important. It's so important, isn't it, to their mental health and their well-being. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's something that does happen in primary schools here. I think you call them elementary schools, but you know, mm -hmm. um well, naught, not naught, but usually sort of three or four till 11, that those that first phase of our education. Right. Because the schools have things called circle time, where the children yes. circle, listen to each other, say how they're feeling. Um, and, and our particularly our peaceful schools, but who usually the peaceful school is because of the head, you know, there's... Because the heads in these schools, although some are quite big, you know, they can have a lot of children, um, some are small, that if the, if there's a visionary and sort of peace-promoting head teacher, they can have assemblies, you know, which yes. have different aspects of peace. They can, they can bring in different initiatives, which are, I know you were, were interested in. And um, so they can really... You know, if you go to into a sort of beacon peaceful school, you can notice how well the children are, you know, looking after you as a visitor, all the things on the walls, you know, art, creativity, children, you know, self-confident, not shouting at each other. Yes, yes. Um, so it, it can be done. It's more here, it's more difficult. And I'm sure where you, you know, in the States well for the older age group because then yes. the curriculum comes down and they have to do the national curriculum and it's all the exams, 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 league tables, you know, statistics. And then that's the hardest, that is the hardest area. And of course, with social media, that affects teenagers more, you know, mm. that's, that's a big area. But again, if you've got 
you know, if you've got a, a school that really has a strong ethos of values and respecting and cooperation and kindness, then that does make a huge difference. And if they have things in secondary schools like, you know, quiet areas and gardens and yes. food counselling for children and all sorts of projects like Peace Gardens. There's a school that we've got which has a peace orchard, which is nice, nice. you know. Nice. Um, so there, there are schools can do a lot. They can yeah. do a lot. Yeah, yeah I think that um, kindness just keeps jumping out at me. The word, even with the older kids, if you know, just those small words, or maybe something written on the board, or not that it's always so easy, but um, anyway, just, you know, something to think about. So let's talk a little bit how spirituality, which is a big word, how it is interwoven into peaceful schools. I listened to your interview with Pam Evans, who, and you talked about the Peace Mala and her bracelets and oneness, and you kind of dove into some, you know, some metaphysical information that I, of course, I absolutely love. So how does that oneness and even maybe the the information we get from children who come back from near-death experiences, not that you have to talk about the experience, but that kind of knowledge and those sorts of things. How how is that kind of interwoven? If you're understanding this question, yes, yeah. <laughs> interwoven into the peaceful school movement. Well, the peaceful schools movement isn't prescriptive, so we're not saying you've got to do this, that, or the other. Right so, for you or them. Yeah. So we're just yeah. saying, you know. We're encouraging them to look at all those aspects, you know, in in inner peace relationships, peace community, peace beyond the school, and we're giving them examples of things that they that schools have done that you know good beacon schools that have got awards from us have done or are doing, and some of those schools will be you know the thing is if you get a Catholic school they do have in England, they now have quite a strong interfaith element as well, which is very interesting, that they have to teach a different religion as well as Catholicism. So they do a different religion, I think maybe once a term or something. So they'll learn about Islam or Hinduism. I mean, it's really come a long way in England from yes. what it used to be. And 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 when when they teach when they have their assemblies they do have a sort of spiritual aspect and but what we found was that it's as I said before that it's 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 more difficult for teachers and schools that are secular because mm. they don't necessarily see that spirituality can be something that isn't only part of religion that 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 spirituality you know can be to do with nature going and hugging trees walking in nature listening to birds I mean my husband feels spiritual when he's cycling you know out in nature and 
really it just depends how you see spirituality and if you in fact one of our my, our resources um on the peacefulschools.org.uk website is to do with spirituality spiritual development in primary schools and giving lots of explanations ideas so it's a very good resource a free downloadable resource but in England that's all part of the curriculum yes spirituality smsc spiritual moral cultural and social development so they have to do it but they find the spiritual bit difficult that's why we produce that that resource right to say there are these spiritual moments you know it's hard it's hard for people right it's it is it is and that's and that's one reason I also loved Kate's um, interview. She's not in the school system anymore, but interviewing yeah. children about dreams and asking children, you know, what do you believe in God and and talking about her new research on invisible or real <laughs> friends that you cannot yeah. see. I mean, I just I I love that, and I think part of that which would interweave well with peaceful schools is encouraging. I'm talking about the little ones more now, but encouraging imagination too. Is that, is that a part of, I mean, can you give us a couple of like stories of how the, some of the things that have been done within peaceful schools, like using maybe creativity, imagination. Do you have any stories? <laughs> we books full of stories so um yeah so, um so yeah so they might have um a project you know which would be say creating a labyrinth you know and then yes and then, yes and then using that labyrinth for different um say one school that had the labyrinth which is made out of um, you know, bushes. So it's a nature labyrinth. Right. You walk to the middle, in in uh, sort of contemplation, where there was um, a, a a child was killed in a car accident. Um, a child from the school. So they were able to, you know, use the labyrinth for children to meditate and reflect. And then they created a sort of memorial garden where they you know they the children decided what was in it and then you know whenever there's a sadness or a bereavement they can go to that garden and mm -hmm. sit you know and and people might the teachers might notice that you know and go and help them so that's that's um that you know the thing is very much to do it with the pupils to do the projects with the pupils, you know, to do the stories with them. I mean, there's schools that have done a whole week where they've got rid of the whole curriculum and just done, you know, storytelling and had people mm. in and music and art for the whole week. You know, what does peace mean to you? So they can do things like um, children can do, say, their handprint, you know, and then mm. write on that what peace means to them or have a... Um, uh, a little sort of tree that's made, you know, out of arts and crafts, and then they'll hang their their wishes, you know, or their prayers, right. or their hopes, you know, for for the, for a better world or whatever. So very much um, participation 
is very important, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that they do in schools, right, it, which is very nice, is values. So if they do this values-based education, then the whole school thinks, what do we want our school values to be? And they consult with the pupils and with parents and with the staff. And then they all pick sort of, say, 10 values like um, kindness, you know, like we said, respect, whatever they choose, um, telling the truth, um, think of some more determination, you know. Right, right. All those gratitude. Yeah, and then they'll... Um, then there are schools that have peace committees of children who will then um, contribute to how that school embodies those values and they'll do a value a term. So if you're at a a primary school for sort of nine years or whatever, you'll have done particular values three times in the school. So they'll have, you know, they might have puppets at assembly who kind of show how to be kind and cooperate. Um, Each classroom will have displays about kindness or whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll tell you another nice thing that they do. They'll have um, playground buddies. So new children and and also benches. So if you want, if you want, like a, a playground buddy bench. So if you if you want to get a friend, you go and sit on that bench, and oh. the playground buddies will find you. And I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, it, you're bringing up so many great ideas. I mean, obviously in the United States, you you couldn't come in and and you know do do the things that you're doing, but um, but so many great ideas, especially for whether it's the charter school or, or a little home school or, you know, all those different things to learn about the peaceful school movement. Because as you say, a school is a community, a family is a community, a, um, any group of people, it's a community. Yes, yeah. And, and, and of course, then there's the, the part in shamanism, we talk a lot about, it's so important, everything that you do, you give back to the community in some way. And then to bring that into it too. It's just it's just yeah, really so great. Work. Children helping with food banks, you know. Right. And being buddies and and all yeah, of that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. I mean, I mean, the loveliest, just a very quick example was the loveliest thing in the secondary school is they linked up with a, a veteran from the Second World War from when we had the yes. landings and he was so inspiring and he was the one that got them to create this peace orchard in memory of all his uh, fellow soldiers who perished you know during mm. World War Two. so that's very interesting you see because he's an old chap right and and right. they work with him you know and were very inspired by it and now schools go to that piece which and he's died now yeah. but it carries on that that mm. you know the idea of and because in normandy when they landed to try and you know come back to into europe well obviously you know the americans went there as well it was all in blossom and it was all it was all you know orchards which is what gave the veteran that idea so there's all sorts of ideas, you know, that right. you'd be surprised what people can achieve and get how inspired you, about. How do you think this 
create a pathway for a child to possibly develop an inner strength to help the child maneuver life as they get older? I think to me, if the school is valuing of individual children, which I do see that, you know, I yeah. do see that, then in the classroom and in the whole school, you, you, ch children are learning that what they feel and say matters. I mean, we even have something called philosophy for children and people either, they either have somebody come into the school or the teachers are trained in it. And that they'll have, and they do this with young children, they'll have debates like they did one about what is peace. And they'll, they'll think, oh, what questions do we want to ask? They even, they even create the debate, you know, the questions that are going to be asked about peace. And then they have the discussion about it. And that was when they said, well, you can be unpeaceful in a peaceful place. You know, you can be in a peaceful place, but not be peaceful inside. Right. You know, so they 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 really came out with interesting things about peace that we hadn't. You don't really think very much as an adult. You just, you just right, you right. You encourage so children to think and talk, yeah, and listen to them. You can really, you know, respect their value. And then, when somebody has been listened to, they feel affirmed, don't they? Yes, and then. And also in things like, you know, the multicultural aspects of our schools where you you do, you know, you value children's home background, their heritage. So that part of them doesn't get left behind at home and is othered. That is, they're a holistic person that comes into the school and the whole of them is valued and the school is interested in what language they speak at home and what religion they have at home or what oh, that's so important yeah and then they can bring the parents in so I think that kind of valuing of the person of their views of their you know background of their ideas oh so important so important isn't it yeah that, that will give them confidence I think natural right. confidence right. inner confidence I remember a story about a little girl who was new to her school. Um, I think it was third or fourth grade. And um, she was in the States, but she was from, from a country where there'd been a lot of, you know, she'd experienced some, some bombing and, and this and that. And when they got to the school, she just, started crying hysterically and she just wouldn't go in, wouldn't go in. And they were just like, what is going on? And finally, um, I think it was the teacher that came out and gave her a piece of paper and just said, you know, let's create, how, how are you feeling? And she literally, you know, drew a place that looked kind of like a classroom with hearing, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was very obvious that, that that's why she was scared it was bringing back like these terrible memories and and many times it seems from my past interviews i've learned that if you just let a ch child express themselves 
then a lot of times then the problem just softens enough that they can move forward. Yes. They don't have, they don't, they're not like us. They don't have to be in therapy for the next 20 years. You know? yes. 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 <laughs> um, not yes. always, but many times. And I, I just love that story. But back to the listening, once again, um, Lacey Borgo, she talks about, talked about a little boy who was having some problems in school. And anyway, um, she, his punishment was to eat lunch with her, but they didn't really eat. They just, they, they did eat, but they were very quiet. And then he started talk, talking and talking and talking and talking. And the quote she says is that I listened him to life. And that's what we do when we listen. We listen children to life, to let them have the opportunity instead of letting the world happen to them, letting them happen to the world. And so important. And I just love this work that you're doing because it's such a ripple effect. You yes, know? yes. But so. listening skills can be taught and teachers you know, I've witnessed teachers, they'll ask a question and then they'll go, you know, okay. But they haven't listened to the answer. Right, right. They've just got, well, we've got to ask questions, have a discussion, and then move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. So it's it's um they're not taught to listen, they're taught they're taught to impart information, really. Mm-hmm. And and the I mean, I don't know if you've been talk to listen I've been on various you know listening exercises and <laughs> especially on the ministry training you know but various things like uh, Christian things as well ministry that I've been involved in and um, it really is quite hard you know as an adult to listen mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of bringing nothing and everything to the situation so you're listening and you're not prejudging and you're not saying oh yeah that happened to me blah 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 exactly yeah which you can do when you're talking to a friend and your friend says oh I'm so fed up and you go I'm so fed up we're all fed up but if you're listening to someone either with a problem or to a child or you know someone you you're trying to be helpful to then it's quite a skilled thing, you know, it's quite a skilled thing to listen with compassion. Like you said, spiritual counselling, it's, you're really listening to that person. It's back to what I was saying about listening to the person or the child, like a whole person, whole child. You know, you're listening for what they're not saying as well as what they're saying, for how they're saying it. And then you're not necessarily, like you said about that, that example you gave, you're not really saying, oh, okay, you've got a problem and I'm going to solve it. Right. You know, and you're you're just going, oh, okay, you know, you're almost not even nodding your head. And then that, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever done that to you, but when people do that to you, it's an amazing feeling. <laughs> and I can't get my husband to do it at all. <laughs> you mean you're saying, you're, you're, I'm the listener and you'll say something instead of me jumping in. I just. Yeah. My head. Yeah. I mean, no, always, that's not always relevant. No, no. Relevant. Yes. But, but I don't think know, I've ever had anyone do that. I really no. like that though. Just 
I love that. You know, that's a really good point. It's, I need to look at maybe some deep listening classes. I think that, yeah, so, so, so important. (laughs) And with that said, however, teachers out there, we love you. (laughs) Yes, of course. They are are so over. And I love, you're right, it's so important that it is the teacher, however, that's really open to this and open to learning, even with how stressed they are and how over how overworked they are and the different, you know, levels in the within the classroom, but still squeezing this stuff in for I mean, all the students is so important. Need someone to offload onto and someone yes. to them and not necessarily go, oh well, why don't you do blah blah blah, but just listen. Right. right. What it is, I'll tell you what it is when when that kind of listening happens, you it's what you said about the child that the child can go, oh, 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 okay, I'm fine now. I can go and play, you know. And if you feel that someone's really listened to you and they've not necessarily said anything at all, but they've let you talk, then something happens to you in that process. And then the fact that somebody's just got you it feels like they've got you and what you're saying and that can make your problem disappear mm. it is it's a very very miraculous thing so it's worth yeah you should go on a few a few yeah, courses yeah yeah wow well if you can that's send, what good send you. Can do right these days, right you know these days yeah. it's not all psychoanalysis you know right right well we need to wrap it up, unfortunately. Um, but do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to shout to the world? <laughs> I think if you want well words of wisdom, go to the Dalai Lama. <laughs> but I want them from you. Lots, <laughs> that lots, is your words of wisdom. <laughs> there's lots of um words of wisdom from the, from the Dalai Lama. So I tend yeah. to I tend to repeat, but I, I tell you what, I'm, um, I think all my words have been wise, but I would say you are, you said something about what would you say to your seven-year-old self? Yes, that was one of my yeah. questions. And I think that's, you know, I would say, and I've, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and my, <laughs> you know, my parents were Holocaust survivors. My sister had Down syndrome. My daughter's committed suicide. So I've had a lot of, um, a lot of things to work through. Wow. Um, but I would say to myself as a child and to other people is that I love you very, very much and I'm proud of you. And everyone wants to hear that and your inner everyone. child wants to hear that. And that's really what the Dalai Lama words of wisdom are really, aren't they? You're yes. unique. We love you. We're proud of you. Remember to be kind to other people. And you have a lot to teach the world. Yes. And that Uh, would be my message to everyone. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. And Anna, if, if people would like to talk to you more about this or to find you, how would they go about doing that? 
Well, the, the latest, um, the one that I'd love people to go to is um, www.thepeacebuilding.org.uk, which there's a lot on peace on that. But if they specifically are interested in um, peaceful schools, then it's www.peacefulschools.org dot org dot uk mm-hmm. and it's got my emails on both of them great great <laughs> well thank you so much and i wanted to ask you are you so do you i was kind of confused you have a regular podcast or or you guys air just once in a while or because i saw the piece mala but i didn't see any others Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Well, I'm just putting them on the peace building website. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so just great. Another one, but you know, I'm I'm retired really, so I just do them as and when. Yes, yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm not like well, churning them out. Right, time. right. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. No. Well, Anna, thank you so much. I I really this has been a pleasure, and um, thank you for doing all your amazing work. And you too. It's been a joy to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Thank Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.